Welcome to Medicare Advantage for Health Plans podcast. Insider insights and perspectives to increase profitability and impact the health of the members you serve. This program is sponsored by Advantasure, services and technology solutions for government-sponsored health plans. Welcome to Episode 12, A Business Case for Interoperability. Today we're here with Brian Edwardson, whose long-standing career in healthcare technology, mostly in the quality space, gave him the necessary background to help build out an interoperability product in response to the CMS mandate. Welcome, Brian. Hey, yeah, thanks for the warm welcome. Excited to be here. So, Brian, CMS's shift towards member centricity has been a great reframe for how plans do business in terms of establishing and keeping the core mission at the forefront of every decision, you know, the member. And it's an exciting challenge to be a part of, trailblazing how to get all aspects of the business to become interoperable and share data. Brian, would you share some of the benefits and challenges with interoperability? Yeah, so I guess to start, let's let's talk about what interoperability means. So in short, it really just means the connection of two technical systems. And many other industries have been doing this for a while now. So just to give like a quick example, a quick couple examples, uh, when you go to book an airline ticket through like a ticket aggregator, uh, all of those prices that you see for all the flights that are aggregated to one website, that's a form of interoperability because there's multiple systems there, multiple airlines connecting to one website or one application uh, that's showing you all the rates in one place. Another example would be Mint.com. So what Mint.com is, is you can log in and see all of your fi- financial data, bank accounts, investments, 401k, in one uh, website or application. So when it comes to healthcare, there's a big initiative from CMS, Centers of Medicare and Medicaid Services, to incentivize the connecting of healthcare systems so that the end user, the member, has access to all of their data creating a longitudinal health record across the healthcare ecosystem. The idea is that if some entity has a piece of your data, then CMS believes that you should also have the ability to access that data. So that sounds very simple in theory, or may sound simple in theory, but in reality, it's actually very hard to do that because there's a lot of pieces that need to be tied together. Providers, clinics, health plans, etc., all those need to tie together to make them interoperable. So the big initiative from CMS uh, and their interoperability and patient access final rule was to mandate that all CMS-backed plans in the nation, so that would be your Medicare Advantage plans, uh, many of your Medicaid plans, many of your ACA plans, are to provide a patient access API, a provider API, and a payer-to-payer data exchange. This means that those health plans are required to provide an endpoint so other applications can consume that data, with the member's permission, of course. The main goal is to be able to unlock that data and create a landscape of potential innovation for new technologies and applications to come in and make that data accessible to their members. Okay, so that's interesting. So that provides a really good understanding of what it means to be interoperable and why it's important. Let's now dive into the specifics of the CMS mandate. You know, what's involved for the health plans to make this a reality? Right. So, so far, CMS has mandated three things. So, a patient access API, a provider directory API, and a payer-to-payer data exchange. So, let's just start 
real quick by talking about what an API is. So an API is an app application programming interface. What that means is that you've built a technical ability for an external application to access your data in a standard way. So a way to think about what an API is, is think about an electrical outlet in your home. So in the US, for example, there's a very standard plug shape and a standard amount of electricity that's allowed to go through that connection. So this simple standard actually unlocks a wide variety of electronics to be able to, to be available to the entire US population. Without this standard, the ability to sell all of these electronics would be limited. So an API is a very, very similar concept. The goal is to create, give a standard endpoint or think of an outlet point so that the ecosystem or the, the external system can recognize that, read it, understand it, and be able to pull data from it in a standard way. So to talk about the patient access API, what that does is it gives the ability for an external application to pull data from a health plan with the member's consent to do so. So the data and the data that's required to be available via this patient access API actually covers basically the full spectrum of data that that plan may have, clinical data, claims, enrollment, et cetera. Basically, all of the data that a, that a health plan has that's related to a member or that a member should be able to access needs to be available via that patient access API. The patient access API is the first piece, and the provider directory API is a very similar concept, although it's just directed towards uh, provider data. The provider directory API is really exactly what it sounds like. It's all the provider data for the providers that the health plan interacts with. An example use case of this API could be, if an application developer wanted to build a provider locator tool to see if the provider is in with a certain network, they could connect their app to multiple health plan provider directory APIs. And you could simply log in and see all the providers in the health plans network. So that's just one idea off the top of my head as to how that could be used. But so you can see how the possibilities of what could be done with these APIs is endless. And that's really the goal that CMS is driving towards with these mandates. They're trying to incentivize innovation by making the data available to external applications with the goal of enhancing the user experience for the member. So the last, uh, the last of the three here is the payer-to-payer -payer data exchange. So this is an actual connection between two health plans. So the goal here is to allow data to flow uh, or follow a, a member from one health plan to the other. So if I were to move from Blue Cross Blue Shield of Anthem and the next year I move to United, I have the right to tell my previous plan to send my data over to my new plan. The, the idea is to keep the historical data of each member intact. There's a little bit of a nuance. The mandate was originally scheduled for Q1 of 2022, but CMS has held off on enforcing it. As many plans have asked for more direction on the technical requirements of the rule. However, there are some plans that have fully implemented solution and have this ability now. So what does that solution look like? Are there any variances in what's going to be considered acceptable? Yeah, so CMS actually just announced a new pr proposed rule that actually provides clarity on this payer-to-payer -payer data exchange piece specifically. And it, pro it provides how it should work. So prior to this clarification, the required implementation was a bit of a blank check. Some health plans have made some assumptions from a technical standpoint on what they think should be required. 
and have already built a solution. Many plans saw that the requirements for a patient access API are very similar to the payer-to-payer data exchange. Therefore, they simply reused or duplicated their patient access API abilities and adjusted it to work in between health plans and then basically created that connection to send the historical data from one health plan to the next. In short, the patient access API and the payer-payer data exchange both provide an endpoint for an external party to access data based on the member's authentication. The external party for the patient access API is a third-party application versus the external party for the payer-to-payer is another health plan, but both are are accessing almost the exact same type of data. So if it's something that all plans already have set up for patient access API, what's the level of effort to convert that to a payer-to-payer platform? Right, yes. So there is there is a level of effort, effort there. So a significant hurdle for meeting these requirements is the idea of making the data available via an external application. That idea right there sets off a lot of alarm bells for people who have worked in the healthcare, healthcare industry for a while because there's been such these strict regulations and everyone has always said uh, you have to protect a PHI uh, at all costs. Uh, PHI being protected health information. And that is obviously still true. This is why a very important layer to the patient access API is actually the member authentication layer. The applications connect to the API, but that application can't actually pull any data until the member logs in to the application and authenticates, and that authentication gets sent to the health plan. And that proves to the health plan that it is, in fact, the member who's requesting the data, and that kicks off the process to allow that data to be shared with the the application. So how is all this relevant to the payer-to-payer data exchange? Well, it's the same problem of authentication with the payer-to-payer data exchange as it is for the patient access API. But on the first example, the the application is actually doing all the legwork to drive the authentication and send it back to the health plan. The health plan didn't have to build that authentication layer in the patient-to-access API. They simply just built out uh, an endpoint to access the data. So the onus to actually receive that authentication and pass it along to the health plan is on the actual third-party application. But in pair-to-pair, you have an authentication layer that requires both health plans confirm that the request came from the actual member and a legitimate health plan. This additional authentication layer adds to the complexity for health plans to implement a pair-to-pair data exchange. There's also been some nuance about what exact data should be sent. So some health plans feel that certain pieces of claims is proprietary. That's not something they want to share with other competitors. However, the latest proposed rule by the CMS clarifies what items need to be sent uh, for the pair-to-pair data exchange so that uh, those hurdles are out of the way and this can become a a mandated reality. So is there an expected date for all of this enforcement? The new proposed interoperability rule continues to advance the goal of interoperability as well, with the proposed effectiveness date of 1-1-2026. Basically, the new proposed rule provides expanded requirements to the patient access API. One thing that it expands on is it actually creates a brand new API which is a provider access API, which is essentially the same thing 
as the provider, the patient access API, but now the provider is able to access the data for their given members. Another focus on the provider access API is, is the provide the prior authorization requirements. So a big piece of this new proposed rule is to remove the barriers for the prior authorization process. Prior authorization is authorization to ensure that a service is covered by the health plan. The idea is to give the provider access to view the member's benefits and move necessary medical care forward as quickly as possible and not get hung up as they have in the past in delays in authorizing this care. It sounds like a lot of change is happening really fast for health plans. All new systems and ways of doing things. What are some of the challenges that plans are facing to get these platforms up and running? Yeah, that's exactly right. A lot of the change in a relatively short amount of time. And the big problem is that the mandates by CEMS are highly technical. You know, at the end of the day, a health plan is really an insurance company, and they don't specialize in this, in these type of technical solutions. So really, the hurdle is that plans don't have the technical or even the business know-how to operate as a software as a service model. Most plans do not have a technology arm to meet these mandates. And this is where a lot of vendors step in to help with this compliance. In today's world, health plans need vendors to plug their data into the tools for patient access MPI, provider directories, and the payer-to-payer data exchange systems. Now, plugging the data into the solution isn't so easy. So there's another hurdle there, to package the data and get it to the vendor. This is where it's nice to have a vendor with multiple solutions in the same line of business. In a sense, the data is already within that ecosystem, so it's more like a flip a switch scenario. Okay, so we've got all this data now moving around, and it certainly has its benefits and conveniences. You know, it makes healthcare more thorough when you have that rich history available. So let's talk about PHI. From a security standpoint, how do you both protect data while making it more available? Right, yeah. So when the mandate came out, a lot of people didn't understand it. Because, and the reason why they didn't understand it is because it's been so ingrained in the kind of healthcare line of thinking that you can never share your data with anyone. You know, and of course, it's true that PHI is highly protected data. And that stays the same way that it's highly protected. But at the same time, the complexity is that it has to be available to the individual who it belongs to. A member should be able to access their own data. While I think most people would generally agree on this principle, it can almost be counterintuitive to those who have worked in the industry for so long, as it has historically been protect data at all costs. We're now saying expose the data via external facing API for all applications to access, and that can be something that's hard to understand. But this is really where the industry needs to realign their thinking to enable all members to access their data. It's, not, it's actually not as scary as it sounds. There simply just needs to be the same robust data security measures in place as there are today, but they are uh, put in place for those accessing their data via third-party applications. And this has been implemented in many other industries, such as the financial industry already. With all of this historical data being aggregated in one place, uh, could this possibly be useful for improving risk, revenue, or quality of care? 
Yeah. So in a world where these systems are working together as they should, i.e., you know, the payer-to-payer data exchange and all the payers are sending all their historical data to new payers, in that world, it should greatly increase the ability to provide quality of care, increase star ratings, and increase the member's experience and the use of the healthcare system to improve risk scores and align with revenue goals. The idea there is when a member goes to a new health plan, the health plan basically starts from zero, um, and that wouldn't happen anymore. They would now have their historical data from their previous health plans. The health plan knows what the member's gaps are and what the member needs to do. In the past, this has taken around six months to get enough information to understand uh, what the member needs and actually start driving initiatives close gaps, and provide them with a higher value of care. So essentially, interoperability is a win-win for everybody. Members get their data that they deserve. Providers are maximally informed. They can deliver the care much more effectively. And plans basically become better stewards of healthcare. No, exactly. It's a win-win. Brian, it's been great talking to you today. You shared a lot of valuable information And thanks to our listeners for tuning in. If you liked this episode, share it with your colleagues on LinkedIn. See you in the next episode. This program was brought to you by AdvantaSure. From health management, member engagement, billing and claims, to risk adjustment and quality. AdvantaSure has a full suite of services and technology solutions for government-sponsored health plans.